Hello everybody, this is Sandy Ono. Welcome to another edition of SMB Tech Talks. Today I have the pleasure of being joined by with Andrew Dodd and David Rogers. Hi Andrew, hi David. Hi Sandy. Hey Sandy. Thanks so much for joining us today. I know we've got an exciting topic today around data mover and why companies need to protect their data. Maybe just to kick things off, we often hear that data needs to be available throughout the business according to its value and importance. If we can start at the beginning, what is the main reason why companies need to back up and protect their data? David, you want to kick us off? Sure. Well, in in today's digital business environment, organizations, no matter what size, all need a consistent and reliable process to back up and protect their data. It doesn't matter if you're responsible for data management and protection of an enterprise, a mid-sized firm, or, or even a small startup. The, the scale may be different, but the importance of your data remains the same. You know, systems invariably fail and data may be corrupted. Uh, it may be lost or accidentally deleted, or data could even be stolen and held to ransom by cyber criminals. And what kind of data are we talking about? Well, there's basically two types of data we need to protect. The first is structured data, or sometimes called quantitative data, which uh, conforms to a rigid structure so that it can be processed and analyzed. You know, things like database records, sensor information, uh, online forms, you know, transactional information and that sort of data. The second type of data is unstructured. And businesses and individuals create vast quantities of this every single day. Things like reports, videos, audio files, images, emails, etc. It's a complete audit trail of everything that happens in the organization day to day. And it's a vital source of intelligence that companies can use to develop innovative products, services, and customer relationships. Customers need to protect their data wherever it originates. I mean, it could be originated on a mobile phone, It could be a remote sensor on a drilling platform. Uh, It could be an order that's coming in, an e-commerce order, or or a research team taking measurements of the uh, performance of, let's say, a new prototype. It it all needs protecting. With so much data moving around the organization, how does a small business decide what to back up and where? Presumably, there's a balance of risk and cost to be considered. Do you want to take that one, Andrew? Yeah, I will. I mean, that's a, that's a really good question because you're quite right. The value of data changes as it gets older. So, I mean, for example, information that you might need to get back up and running after your you know, server has had some kind of hardware failure, that's going to have a lot more importance and urgency than older information that you might have to keep for, say, compliance purposes. So one approach to this in terms of balancing the risk and the cost is to apply what we call the 3211 rule. And, and that basically means keeping three copies of your data on at least two different media types with one copy stored offline and another stored off-site. Now that offline copy can also be the last line of defense against ransomware because it's beyond the reach of cyber attackers. Can you explain a little bit more about this concept of data mover in the context of the 3211 rule? I mean, the 3211 rule is, is kind of fundamental to understanding the concept of data movers, actually, because if you create a copy of your information that needs to live somewhere else, then clearly it's going to have to move from point A to point B. And 
data move is a fairly flexible term, but in the context of data protection that we're talking about today in HPE store over tape, what we're really discussing is the go-between that's responsible for transferring a copy of the data from the original host onto a target storage device where that copy will live. Basically, that's the definition of a data mover for today's conversation. I see. And what kind of host are we talking about? Yeah, well, as you can imagine, there's multiple sources of uh, digital data today. In general, though, a host device can be anything from a mobile phone or a laptop uh, through to servers, flash and disk arrays. Um, all of these devices can host data that needs to be copied and or moved somewhere else. Um, and the reasons for doing that are for disaster recovery, for security reasons, for compliance and regulation reasons, or for the company's own archival policy. That's something we might talk about a little bit later. And where is the data being moved to? Where, what's the target? Well, we consume that if we're talking about the first three copies in the 3211 formula, one will be the original file, which sits on the host device. But the target could be anything. It could be a disk array, a low-end flash array, a removable disk, the LTO tape, object storage, or, or the cloud. You'll understand that this is a similar list to the one that I just mentioned when describing hosts for the data. That's because in a tiered storage environment, data is being moved through the layers from high performance, more expensive storage systems to lower performance and therefore cheaper devices like uh, HP's Store Ever Tape. The secondary storage array like HP's Store Once can be regarded as a target for data to be offloaded from the high caliber products such as HP Primera. But StoreOnce Array is also a host because underneath the StoreOnce, HP has other devices which offer even lower costs for offloading copies of data from a backup array. That's basically the principle of a tiered storage strategy. So the data mover is really the vital ingredient that connects all these different hosts to their target during the backup and other data protection processes. Did I get that right, Andrew? Yeah, that's exactly right, Sandy. So the go-between, or if you like, the glue that holds together all these different tiers in your storage infrastructure, and the thing that ensures that the data is copied successfully from a host to a target device, that's the data mover. I mean, in reality, it's a you know, smart piece of software which can handle the transfer of data from one device to the next. And you can set a range of different criteria to determine how that process happens. But essentially, the data mover needs to be able to physically copy the information between the storage tiers. But actually, more importantly than that, it also has to know why the data is being moved and for what purpose. And the reason for that is it will help companies make intelligent decisions about backup and archiving. Got it. And so let's talk a little bit about backup and archiving. To many people, that might sound like the same thing. What's the difference in are these two different processes? Is there a difference? Well, yes. I mean, I emphasize it because in data protection terms, backup and archiving actually have quite different objectives, even though they often get talked about as being one and the same thing. So I think this is something that's worth explaining and discussing in a little bit more detail. So firstly, a backup is simply one of many versions of a file. It actually may exist in more than one storage tier, for example. So uh, it could live on the host and also on multiple targets. And because it's a backup and backups may happen at different points in time, all of these versions may actually be slightly different from each other. 
And so, you know, they build up a complete picture of a company's information over a period of time. Now, a backup data mover can schedule these backups on a daily or weekly or, you know, any kind of custom timetable, really. And the software can also recognize if a file is already in the backup in one of these other versions so that it doesn't have to be copied twice. And that really helps, you know, make more efficient use of the storage capacity on the host. But the most important thing is it can manage and track all of these versions so that ultimately you are always able to restore that information later on, because obviously that's the whole point of having the backup. And currently available backup data movers that people may be familiar with would be um, software products like Veeam or Backup Exec or Net Backup or Data Protector. Now, an archive copy, on the other hand, is pretty much a one of a kind gold master of the data. And the whole point of an archive is it exists in only one place. There's only one version of it and it never gets altered again until ultimately it's erased or deleted. So an archive data mover has a different set of rules that it has to apply as to what and when and how and, and why to move the data into the archive. Because obviously once data has reached that archive tier, it's now one of a kind. There are no multiple versions in existence anymore. So for that reason, archive data mover software has to be able to track content across all the different platforms, no matter where the data lives. And it also has to allow users to be able to find that content again, even if it's off-site, normally using something like an HTML browser. So we've got a number of different archive data mover products in our portfolio. We've got the HPE data management framework, and then there are other third-party products that we would recommend, such as QSTARS, Archive Manager, and some products from Spectra, Scality, and you know other vendors. Okay, so backup and archiving are pretty much completely different processes. So how does the data mover for each kind of process decide which target to send the data to? Well, sadly, for backup, and I stress that word backup, in a large data center, the first target device is likely to be a high-end flash device, such as the HP Primera offers. This is for the most important mission-critical data that might need to be recovered in real time without any kind of recovery delay. As the backups become less critical, and remember I said there might be multiple versions, and more relevantly, for today's conversation, in a small company with low performance requirements or smaller budgets, the backup target would probably be a less expensive flash storage array such as Nimble or an MSA Gen 6 or a hard disk appliance like StoreOne. But, and, and this is really important to stress, backups can also be made to cloud or, or to tape in the lower tiers because cloud and tape are far more cost-effective platforms and they allow you to store huge amounts of data to extend your backup beyond what would normally fit on a high-performance array. I see. Interesting to see tape there. How does that fit with the high-performance storage strategy? That normally raises a few eyebrows, Sandy. Well, organizations are often surprised to see that HP's tape is at the deepest tier, believing that, that they've already somehow satisfied the 3211 rule with more advanced, higher-performance storage devices. But these are still part of the connected environment, and as such, they're vulnerable to permanent data loss or damage, especially from ransomware attacks. The reality is that without tape, you haven't really fulfilled the final part of the 3211 formula, which is to keep one copy of data offline 
That is to disconnect it and, and to isolate it from the risk of loss or damage or attack. Even data in the cloud is connected and any connected host or target, whether it's on premise or offsite, is vulnerable to ransomware and cyber attack. You know, the other day I was reading about some of the world's leading universities where they were victims of a ransomware attack that was actually perpetrated through a cloud provider. Maintaining this strict air gap that tape gives you between the data on the tape and the rest of the network is one of the strongest safeguards you can build against ransomware. And how cost effective is tape in maintaining an archive library? Well, I mean, ultimately, that is the bottom line, isn't it, really? You know, in the end, most of the data that any business owns will reach the archive tier. And in the archive tier, the reality is that it's accessed less frequently. And so the durability of the media that it's stored upon and the integrity of that media actually become a lot more important than the split second access and retrieval. And so this is to, you know, to the question about cost. This is one of the reasons why organizations should really consider continuing to use LTO tape for, for this kind of data, because tape still has the lowest cost of ownership by far of any digital storage media. And by their very nature, they can sit safe in an archive for many years without any requirement for power or cooling or, you know, any other kind of maintenance costs. David, have you got anything to add to that? Well, as you said, much, much cheaper per gigabyte. And with each generation, the, the costs actually drop. Tape still sells in absolutely massive volumes. In fact, more data was stored in tape in 2019 than ever before. So for long-term archival storage, nothing's cheaper than tape. Did you know that actually the hyperscalers, cloud vendors such as Amazon use tape for their lowest cost storage service? That's because they recognize it's the most economic storage platform for masses of archived data. And they actually make their money from retrieval charges, but to actually store the data, they use tape. Very interesting. Well, Andrew and David, thank you so much for the chat today. Really great information. For all the listeners out there, for more information, please visit us at hpe.com forward slash storage forward slash store ever. Thank you. 